Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the Kindle award-winning novel, Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as Pretty Ugly, Dibs, Since September, Move on Melinda, and any day now, her new release, (laughs) Climb the Salmon Ladder. (laughs) Our guest today is Ninja Extraordinaire. Tori Eldridge, author of the soon-to-be-released Dance Among the Flames, as well as the Lily Wong series. Welcome, Tori. Well, thank you very much, Miss Jennifer. <laughs> Hello, Allison. Glad to be Hi, on Vox Vomitus. We're, like, we're just waving. I know, just waving. Wave. When we wave, and then I'm like, oh, for the poor people who are just listening to the audio, we're not just silently sitting here. We are frantically waving at each other. I'm here. I don't know if anybody else is here. I'm getting weird connection issues, but I don't know if any of it's me. I don't know. Everything seems fine on my end. Okay. Tori's looking at us nervously. I think, Tori, we I think you guys sound grand- lovely. You ladies <laughs> are lovely. Yay. <laughs> so, go for oh. it. So, Tori, you have been on our show before, so you are used to our shenanigans. You were here last time with one of your Lily Wong books. We have kind of a departure for you this time with Dance Among the Flames. This is not a ninja book. This is certainly the opposite of a ninja book, I would say. Uh, (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself? (laughs) A little bit about yourself, including some Samba stuff, uh, and then a little bit about the book. (laughs) Including Samba stuff. Yeah, including like doing a Samba. (laughs) Oh, okay, fine. Okay, so here we go. Everybody on the podcast, you just have to imagine a lot of shoulder shaking. Yeah, Um, Uh, I'm doing the downstairs hip motion. Oh, very nice. And I'll do the upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) And I also imagine like feather headdresses. There you go. There you Done. go. Very, very skimpy, skimpy, skimpy garments. We're all clearly overdressed for this. Um, I'm goodness. Not. I know, right? And as so Jennifer strips. Uh, a cute, uh, not cute all Jennifer. The way. Off goes the. <laughs> okay, a little bit about me. All right. So most of you know I'm from Hawaii. So wearing skimpy clothes, that's right up my alley. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, Actually, it made it really neat writing about Brazil. Oddly enough, uh, Hawaii and Brazil, we have a lot in common. Our our people, our uh, indigenous culture, because I'm part Native Hawaiian, um, the, the tropics, the, um, the religions, the, you know, trying to preserve things after the Christian missionaries came in and, and yes, exactly. So we have a lot of compelling similarities that are going on. People are missing all of Jen's faces about the missionaries. There were like some hand gestures and then then, yeah, there was some growling going on. So some people in the audio are, are probably confused about what Jen was doing, but that's, that's going on. Me too. Me too, people. <laughs> and and it was all very appropriate. It was. Very appropriate. But but yeah, so you know, I'm just like this, you know, crazy multicultural person from these islands who just keeps writing about different cultures and all these wild books. But yeah, like you said, it's very different from the Lily Wong series, yeah. you know, which was about a Chinese Norwegian yes. modern day ninja in Los Angeles and dance among the flames. 
is like this wild Brazilian epic about this desperate mother who rises from the slums of Bahia, Brazil to embrace Quimbanda magic on her quest for vengeance and power. I mean, there, there are Brazilian gods and sex and just deep issues and just wild I love shenanigans. That sex and then deep issues and then deep. right after that. Very deep. There's not even a pause there. There should be a pause there. Not even a pause there. Um, as, as you know, Allison and I did read the book, so I would also agree with you that yes, there is sex and deep issues involved in this, in this book. Please make me spit my teeth. <laughs> well, and like you said, it's an epic. So it's like we don't even start in Brazil half the time because we're back in France. And I don't think it's a spoiler because we start in France pretty early. So we're we're crossing continents. One. And, and centuries, mm -hmm. and we're like, hey, there's a Catholic priest, and somebody, there's fire just right from the get-go. So yes. we've got fire crossing, <laughs> crossing continents, and God's all over the place, and it's, it's kind of like, all right, I think I'm going to go get a chart to see what century I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Lisa Unger called it a sweeping adventure. Uh, I think I that's think she probably have that nailed. That's a, yeah, that's a very that's a great quote. Um, I will say I had like I, I vaguely knew what this book was about, but I choose yeah. when we know we're going to read something. I try to go in as blind as I humanly can. And Just I like knew me what it was a Marvel movie because I'm like, yeah. I know I'm going to see it. Stop showing me previews. Right. Like I just, I want to be swept away completely. Uh, and, and as Lisa Unger said, it's, it's an epic. So we don't, we, I'm trying not to do any spoilers. This spans time. It spans multiple generations of families. Mm-hmm sometimes chosen families, sometimes actual families. Um, so yeah, you know, there were, there were moments when I, the book first started that I was like, Oh, I get what this is about. And then 60 pages in, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I think, <sighs> I think this is about something different. And then another 60 pages, I was like, where'd that oh. guy come from? <laughs> At least that's what I did. But you, you get, we get everything from art, food, music, religion. I feel like this is a primer on so many different things. And by, by the time you're done, you're just, your head's spinning as you're covering all this stuff across decades and centuries and different, different. I mean, we even got up to Venice Beach. So shout out, I guess you can't stay too far from SoCal. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Venice that's Beach right. Exactly. People. It's like, there's a part where it's like, is this like Venice Beach? No, no, it is not. <laughs> nothing's like Venice Beach, though. Really, I think that's the the cop out. Is nothing's like nothing's like Venice Beach. Venice Beach is nothing is thing. like Venice Beach. That's very true. I love that you were constantly uh, having those moments of wait a minute. I I thought we were going here because this. I think that's that's one of the things that um, I really hope for in this book is that readers are constantly upgrading and changing their perception, not just of what they understand, but of the characters, characters that you may like, that may change, you don't like, that may change, you know, kind of like we are in real life, right? Where, where yeah, we there's plenty people. of people that used to like me that I do, that I know hate me now. Well, there you go. <laughs> and, and, and probably more who, who relearn to love you too. But oh, it's, it's let's go with that. Facebook yes, let's friend. go like with that. that. <laughs> let's go with that. But, you know, it really is very much like life because, you know, the 
the you have an initial impression and then you learn more 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 and then you think have i learned too much have i learned too much backspace 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 (laughs) but but i i love those gray areas and i and i i like making uh people question and and kind of look back and and wonder at what point did i change my mind and mm-hmm. and how and how do i feel about when and how i changed my mind i mean there's like so many things in there that that i i really think is part of the experience so i'm i'm glad you were constantly going yeah oh, and i i like that you said that too because i think with with your ninja books when we get in there with lily wong she's a hero yeah, yes. you know she's a hero. Team Lily Wong. She, and, and she, she's Team Lily Wong. She's amazing. Um, and not not say she doesn't have gray areas or she does things that aren't like sometimes morally questionable or just like. But I feel like you know from the first page that you are rooting for Lily Wong, and I think with Dance Among the Flames, it can sometimes within a chapter you. Mm-hmm start rooting for somebody else and stop rooting for someone and then flip back <laughs> and then flip back again. I mean, so. I know I did. Cause I know yes. there are places where I was like, Oh good. Like I I'm trying to say this without spoiling, but as people yeah. go on their journeys throughout this, they find <laughs> say alliances or people who you think, Oh good. They're getting away from this and going towards this. And then that turns out yeah. that was not the the thing that we hoped it would be for that character. And the, the journey takes a left turn and it was constant left turn. So just when you get kind of settled and you think the story's going this way, nowhere. To- yeah yeah very very true i had that experience too as i was as i was writing it was quite fascinating to write all of these characters because they have so much about them each one of them uh and so it it was really interesting to to explore them fully (laughs) so and i know because uh uh, I read your acknowledgments. I read your author's note. This originally started, this is one of those novels that started in your brain years ago. Oh my. In a different form. Um, I don't know how many years ago, but I think you said you were writing a screenplay, visiting your son's preschool teacher who was in Brazil. Yes. And I believe, is it your son who has now like uh, a grand, a, a child, a, a yeah. daughter. Yes, you you got a that right. Pictures. You got that right. <laughs> this story has been haunting me for decades. I cannot tell you how thankful I am to set it free to have it haunt yes. all of you. Isn't that great? I, you it's know, for I've, you. Let it I, haunt your dreams and not mine. I joke when because people are like, "How long did it take you to write your first book?" And I'm always say, "You know, twenty five years and three months." Like because it was like. In my brain, they don't want to hear that. Haunting me, haunting (laughs) me, and then like you know, several months of actual click clacking at the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, no, mine was a little even more click clacking. It be it was inspired by a screenplay I wrote in the nineties. In the nineties, okay, and um, (laughs) we remember the nineties. After the hair was bigger, the big hair had kind of started to you know. (laughs) Yeah, we were all like, well, I was wearing like uh, black and white striped socks. I was like a grunge girl. So I had like my dad's flannels. I was pale faced, more pale faced, dark red lipstick. 
crazy red hair. Wait a minute, I'm just describing. I was wearing so... cardigan and listening to ska music. Oh, oh wow! I'm from Anaheim. Oh. Sorry, it's kind of required. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> no, I had the padded shoulders and the big hair from the '80s when I was doing like the Love Boat. Can we tease it out anymore? You know, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, how? And then when I was trying to do a singing career, it's like, yes, let's make that big hair even bigger. But uh, so this was in the <laughs> '90s. It was a little after that. Uh, my husband had switched uh, careers into producing. We're getting an influx of screenplays. I got an idea. I, I was trying to write it, had to scrap that, dove into Brazil and found what really interested me. And that was the Umbanda religion. When mm -hmm. I got a hold of that, I just went mind blown. And that's really where all of this story came from. So the screenplay was kind of sort of the last quarter of this book, but not really because it it, it had some notable differences, you know, and and that screenplay, you know, it less, got a semi-finals nod for the Academy Nicole <laughs> Fellowship, so that was kind of cool. What was that? I said less sex. Less, less, less sex. Um, but everybody who read it was like, yeah, but can we talk about the prose? You really should be writing novels. So, so I did. I, I wrote a novel and I loved the process and I loved the result and it was really great. But the only thing I didn't want to do was the, the business of writing. I didn't know what that was. I just knew I wasn't interested. Oh, who know <laughs> nobody knows what the business of writing is, Tori. Well, I got a better idea of it now and it's yeah. a bitch load of work, let me tell you. <laughs> and I, and I, I made the right call because I was not ready for it then. I, I had two little kids. I was a full-on full-time involved mom and I had just become obsessed with the martial arts and we all know where that went so yes. I had to do all that kind of stuff so I stuck it in the closet it wasn't until 13 years later that I pulled it out because I was dying to write again and I I had no ideas and I finally got this idea to write this I don't know this idea this this novel and I was three chapters in and I thought you know I should really check what's in my closet first. And I read it and I just went, whoa, whoa, this is, you know, and I was so into empowerment and I'm like, can I still embrace something this dark? Because believe it or not, it was even darker then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. darker? It was it darker. Was darker. Yeah, I would and love I was like, to read whatever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll like, talk I mean, later. Uncensored but, version, please. We'll, we'll talk later. Yeah, but, the uncensored but I like, dark version. I, I can embrace this. I can embrace this. And so it became the project on which I learned my craft. So, you know, people say, oh, such a left turn from Lily Wong. and But while the three Lily Wong novels were published first, this story was actually some rendition of it was the first novel I ever completed. You know, and but that's I, think, I think people forget that when it yeah. comes to writing, the order that the public sees it has very little to do with the order things were written in because you never yeah. know what got shelved, what got bought and put aside. So it's like, okay, this actually came later, but this is where my, my process went. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I got to say, you, you guys have read it. So you know, you know what a, a big story it is. And so there were so many ways that I could tell it so many point of views, so many timelines, so many structures, so many, oh my God. And you know what? I pretty much tried them all. <laughs> yeah. I was so, going to ask, like, yeah. were there times during your writing process because, you know, you have multiple POVs. Did you just stick with, we'll say one of them at first and then, you know, because there's, 
you've got a lot of strong characters who make a lot of choices. They I all love make how dramatic you're being right <laughs> now. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to be. I love how you're trying to hedge around oh, this. This is so hilarious. They all make a lot of choices. Some okay. make a lot of dramatic choices. Um, <laughs> That you're like, well, Sometimes they make choices and then they're like, I'm going to do this. Just kidding. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to make a, another quick left turn. And, and we're thankful they do because it could have gone darker in places or would have changed entire trajectories. No spoiling. No spoiling. No spoiling. Yeah, that's interesting that you say. The one thing that I, I never did was put it all in one point of view. It always had to be told from multiple point of views. However, the very first rendition was sort of an omniscient narrator. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but I think at that time, I wasn't skilled enough to, to nail that. And so um, some uh, mentors who read it uh, said it it felt more like a head hopping. Mm, mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. so I made the choice to go into close third person with multiple. But there were times, uh, there was one rendition I remember in particular, where it was a certain character's book, not Serafina's, a different character's book. Oh, and I, I put now I'm very and intrigued. I put that character in a first person and everybody else in a third person. And that was a very different kind of book. Is that character I'm like I have guesses. Careful, no I pronouns. Guess, I know. Yeah. Uh -huh. Is that character that character is in your is a character yes. in Dance Among the Flames. They're, they're still there. They are still there. <laughs> we may have to talk the, about this after. I, know. I have yes. a big guess and I can't do it. Yeah, I can't yeah. say it. We're, we're, and I think Allison and I probably have the same. Guess. I know. Well, because I I know there were there are times because you were going around from from different points of view and from different places, you could have started in different places. So if you went through different renditions, I can totally see you trying it. Going, I wonder if we start the story here. Oh yes. Instead of seeing how we get there with certain characters. Oh so we, yes. We basically see people's progressions most of the time, but sometimes we see them in backstory and sometimes we see them as the narrative moves forward chronologically. So I can mm -hmm. see you going, what if we started this year instead of mm -hmm. that year? Yeah. And then you go, no, I don't want to do it though. Or yeah. even just starting with a with a character's like point of recognition, because all uh -huh. of these characters learn things about themselves for better, oh, yeah. for worse. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of these characters are kind of in the dark for a long time about things. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it just understanding <laughs> where where somebody is mentally in their own story. Yeah, and we do that in real life. Like you know, like we can be friends with somebody, and you're, they're like in a situation, and you're like, oh, I can see your situation, and they're like, I can't see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I live it, but I don't. I get live it. it, but I can't see it. So, oh my god, that um, is so true. That is so true. That and you added like magic and gods and I know. multiple religions on top of I somebody know. just saying, I can't see what my life is right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. definitely an extra layer because most people, if they're having any kind of existential crisis, they're not <laughs> often going, is, is there something going on with the cosmos right now influencing me? I mean, I do run around lately. And I do say, that. Things aren't working out. Has 
is there like a tiki idol somebody didn't return Peter Brady? That's why things are not working out for me because honestly, sometimes I'm concerned that someone either has a little voodoo doll or some kind of thing that's going back. I feel like I immediately, I immediately go to what is the moon doing and what did I do in a past life? Is what I. Because weren't you all excited to hear that we were going to get a good moon that was supposed to be good for Leos? And you're like, yes, I need that. And I'm just sitting there going, I don't know what any of this means. And now you have to add, did I thank the right gods? <laughs> have, yeah. have I shown the proper gratitude? <laughs> Is somebody out to get me? I don't know. Or did I not leave them the correct amount of, like, there's beverages and cigars and... And what happened in 1560 France anyway? No. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, seriously. And I'm like, going, what was really going on? What was really going on? And... I'm going, wait a second. I know was my, my history. I, I was a history minor, so I should be better at this. I'm going, wait, no. Nope. Portuguese colony, not French. How did we get here? I'm so good. But I mean, one of the things you, you deal with really early, so it's not a spoiler, but when you've got a place like Brazil where there have been so many different cultures that have moved in, and then it's not just like one takes over another. There's all of this kind of building one upon the other and incorporation and so it's like oh we're a catholic country but are we though and there are all these other cultural catholic country because we were told to be but because we had no choice about it we we all got baptism names are we though did we ask for them no they were all forcefully confirmed yes (laughs) When, when you're converted at the end of a bayonet it's not really that much of a choice just just saying you know, saying. that's not a heart decision at that point. It's a don't mm. stab my heart decision. Mm. Well, you know, it's so interesting how, you know, there there could be, you know, the, the religion that you identify with, that you worship and all that, but there's still the cultural influence mm-hmm. of, yes. you know, an underlying cultural religion. And, and it's interesting how we don't always realize that that's happening. You know, mm. that that's that mm. we're doing that, you know, yeah. we can just kind of write it off to, oh, yeah, no, it's just, it's a, you know, it's a tradition. It's a, it's a tradition. Thing. It's a superstition. It's, a superstition. it's, it's, it's fun. A, it's fun. You know? It's a story we tell. Yeah. Um, you know, so I grew up with a, a very Catholic mother and an atheist father. But my very Catholic mother, her background, her family was like Southern Cajun swampy swampy well you know it's called swampy i think they're called like acadian is that what we're it talking? is acadian it's acadian french yeah. i, I like swampy but swampy <laughs> is uh, swampy is when i'm gonna come full circle because i live in a very swampy area now so once i really truly embrace my acadianness <laughs> i'm just gonna wander into that swamp and that's where i'm gonna mm-hmm. retire I'm fine okay. with that. I'll come visit you in this one. But it was like, you know, it. so growing up, it was weird. And this is why, it, like, it was interesting, the things that you brought up in your book of the the different religions. So, like, having a Catholic but also Acadian, Cajun, French mother and an atheist father. Like, the things you, when you get to be an adult and you're like, oh, my beliefs are mm-hmm. this mishmash of, like, superstitions uh, weird panic of the moon, and <laughs> who gave you that one? <laughs> Where did that come know. from? I don't know about know. Catholic weird panicking of moons. No, I don't know where that came from either. I'll, I'll go. I'll blame the atheist dad on that one. Okay. Okay. Look, I don't know where it came from. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, when it comes to like, I have no idea where her moon ideas came from, where the moon, My where the moon, moon started to draw on her. I mean, for, for me, I, I grew up in a semi-religious household and I was drawn to church and things like that. And I made my own choices as I got older. The only thing I knew about like horoscopes and numerology is what was ever in the end of like the, the teen Vogue magazines and all that to tell me whether or not my crush liked me back. So oh, and they always do. Only when it said he did. <laughs> Which is not exactly like a real religion. You know what I mean? It's more about, <laughs> does the boy that I've been staring at this whole time actually like me? And the answer is generally no. So. <laughs> in real no. life, no. In the back no. of Teen Vogue, yes. Yes, a thousand yes. times. Yes. yes, just buy these Capri pants from Esprit and you'll be fine. <laughs> and then make her hair a little bigger. Bigger hair, bigger hair, bigger hair, bigger <laughs> hair. Jen's now fixing her hair too. People are like, people are like, what is she doing? She's fixing her hair. I'm fixing my hair. To go with that. It's what's as big as the moon. It can be. It can be sometimes. So, so Tori, you, you, you had the idea for the screenplay. I want to go back in time. I want to travel back in time. Ooh, uh, to because I read your author notes. You visited Brazil and you stayed with like your son's preschool teacher. I did. It was so fun. So talk okay, about so keep that. in mind, right, that when I started all this research, it was before the internet. All right. It was like back in the Stone Age where you had to walk you into had to go a to library libraries and, and, and check out books. <laughs> yeah. And and actually go into this place called the reserved room, you know, where you couldn't take yes. the books out. You had to stay in. Did and you have to wear the gloves? Inside. No, I didn't have to wear gloves. Oh. And, and of course, we didn't have to wear masks, but we were locked in, you know. So this is a whole other era. I believe, if I am not mistaken, that I was writing on a word processor that was black and white. Nice. nice. I used Whoa. one of those in college. So I, mean, I, I know how they are. Like, this is very strange. It's not really a computer. It's like, it's not really it's a computer. It's not a typewriter either. It has oh, none yeah. of that nice, satisfactory clap. Because I learned how, I'm old. I learned how to type on oh, a yeah, typewriter. You're old. <laughs> in type, no, I like learned how to type on an actual typewriter and had to we show my We all learned how to type on a typewriter. I know. We're all of that age. I know. We're, we are all at ooh. least of that age. Yeah. But, we just but, like, have like nice lighting right now. I know. We're, we're, and I'm wearing makeup. But the idea of like, <laughs> have it like the word processor was the worst because you didn't have the actual computer screen in front of you, but you also didn't have that nice satisfactory clack of typing and having it yeah. there. I was always like, well, where's it going? Is it going to come out? I don't think I trust the thing. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I think, think mine had, it mine had clacking. Out. I think mine had clacking, but clacking. so oh, I didn't, um, I, I had to, you know, read a lot, but the, the great connection that I had was this Brazilian friend in Malibu. And so I could, I could go to, I saw her every day, pretty much five days a week. Plus our, our kids went to the same school. And so we were friends that way with play dates. So, so it doesn't seem creepy questions. when you say things like, can you please explain your darkest gods to me? Oh, she was Catholic. <laughs> she was Catholic. So she was no help with any of that. But here's the thing. Not at all. Yeah, but she what bones and blood help. do I need for this? Oh, no, yeah, you no, don't know? No, you don't know? No, okay, she, great. she could not help me with rooster She's blood like, or any I'm kind of pray for you, Tori. <laughs> initiations <laughs> mediums, that's why she's like you possession have to go to brazil and yeah. experience the rooster blood and possessions and uh <laughs> and carnival for yourself well the interesting thing was i called her one day and i said i had a question i don't know what it was something cultural right and she said oh i'd love to answer you but i i'm rushing i'm getting on a plane uh, i'm going home to rio oh why don't you come along 
like, <gasps> as if it's just that easy. Okay, bye. <laughs> Why don't I come along? Bye. Okay, so, bye. So I had ten. I had ten days to get a passport and a visa and to dump our two little boys. And one of them was really little with my husband and hop on a plane. And by the time I got there, I could only stay four days because she had to leave and come back to Los Angeles. But I was shocked you were able to get a passport in 10 days. All all that. Fly all the way to Brazil for four days because three nights. that is not a short flight. Because if you were coming from LA, I've done that same flight. It's not short. 14 hours. Yeah. yeah. 14 for hours four nonstop days. if it's nonstop. Yeah. So, uh, but you know what? It was the first time I had been truly alone in years. So like, it was, it, it was kind of <laughs> heaven on the way, on the way back, not as much, but on the way there, it was really heaven. But the neat thing was <laughs> I got to stay with her aunt in their apartment and uh, walk through some pretty sketchy, areas, you know, where, and, and the thing was, everybody thought I was Brazilian, you know, you like I said, you know, um, the, the mixed Hawaiian has a lot to, has a lot of similarities with the, the cultural melting pot that is Brazil. Mm-hmm. And so everybody from, you know, the TSA to, you know, the local cariocas just assumed I was Brazilian. Okay. But so, how is your Portuguese? Uh, it was, I, I crashed course yeah. and, you know, combining <laughs> with seven years of Spanish, you know, not See? good. Yeah. <laughs> not good. Yeah. I was and very excited like reading your, oh, sorry. Huh? Mine no, was going to be a. Say, I, oh, so anyway, so no, I would walk, it. I would walk down the streets and my friend would mm-hmm. say, if I suddenly start speaking Portuguese to you, don't say anything and just nod because it means I don't like who we're around and I don't want them knowing that. Uh, that you're not local. Oh, yeah. That and that whole thing about them not slowing or stopping at red lights at night. Yeah, that was a thing. She just like, no, we are not stopping nope. at this red light. This is not a place that we want to be stopped. Yeah. So it was fun that I got to see a lot of things. I mean, I went to, you know, work with them and, uh, you know, went to a different cousin's high rise for the uh, semifinals of the football match. I, you nice. know, I got to see which all is this a huge cool deal. Stuff oh yeah, from local place, but they also took me around like a tourist. So I got to see both, mm-hmm. and all That's that great. visceral experience I added to my research. And of course, when I picked this back up ten years from now, there was the internet. Yes, and so that I had easier. unlimited access to all sorts of things to put into the dance among the flames that readers get to read today. And then you got See, to like and, kind and of relive your experiences that you had firsthand. So yes. you got to like, like, thank God for Google earth is all I'm going to say. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and There's and so I, many I've great been, locations in this. What? Well, and I've been to Brazil, but your experience was so different than mine because I basically got off a plane, got put in a car and drove as far from civilization as possible and was in a rainforest for two weeks. So you saw like the culture. I just saw the creatures. Like the only people I was there with were the people who ran the reservation. I met one guy who ran the plantation next to the reservation who was growing coffee. But other than that, it was like a girl from a girl from England, me, a couple of university students. And I was usually speaking Spanish because they didn't speak English and my Portuguese sucks. So we were all using our second language and Mm -hmm. really messing it up. But some of them are spoke English, but I had, I had TSA people assuming I spoke Spanish too. And fortunately I did. So I'm like, good, (laughs) I, I get it. But when I'm a little tan, I can sometimes just pass, but not not very well. But at that point, I was fluent. I'm not anymore. I lost all my Spanish because I don't use it as much as I should. I Neither do I. Neither do I. Well, the nice thing about that, the, the beautiful thing 
about the people in Brazil is that there's so much versatility, mm -hmm. you know, because of the mixtures of African and indigenous and Portuguese and everything else that, that might be mixed in there, that you have all sorts of different, you know, skin tones and, you know, exactly. things. Well, and but, the people who I was there with, be, because they were from different places too, some of the university students, they're like, oh, well, one of them, I never heard speak English. And then someone said, oh yeah, she, she speaks perfect English. She just doesn't like to. Uh, <laughs> like, that's fair. <laughs> like, that's fair. I don't expect her to. I'm in her country. And if she doesn't want to speak English to me, I will do my best. And we will both do really bad Spanish together. That's funny. Well, it's interesting what we, we were just talking about with the, you know, the skin tones and things. So um, that was something that that I wanted to look at in the book was colorism. Mm. You know, there's, yes. you know, there are, there are a lot of issues of looking at because Serafina Olegario rises from the slums. And, and mm -hmm. by the way, the reason that Dance Among the Flames finally had to be Serafina's story is that she just laid down the law and <laughs> insisted, you know, it's like one day I just went, idiot. It's Serafina's story. <laughs> oh, of course. Don't you know? mess with her. Do not That's mess with not Serafina. That's not a spoiler. She's just yeah. a powerful woman. So, so once I got that. a hold of that, then it was like, <laughs> oh, okay, I, I got a handle on this. But because she rises from the slums, we're looking at poverty and bigotry and mm -hmm. colorism and classism. And, and of course, different types of psychological, emotional, uh, domestic abuse and yeah. uh, and I think I can I can say without spoiler that that she draws her power from <gasps> yes. sexual energy. Yes. So yes. so there's that. So I, I I'm it just gonna drop spoiler, that little. But it's there from like the first page almost. So I think that's that not that gonna. Tidbit. I that's feel like it, it, it was there from the first page, but it wasn't really until a scene a little bit later on that I went. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, oh, and that was one of my favorite sexy scenes in the I book. I know, right? Yeah, there are. There I, are I'm a like, few. I don't, I don't know even how to even just like because I don't want to spoil it. But there's you can't. I know thing. which one because you, you know because I'm like the oh, yeah. scene with the blob. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, huh? I yeah, yeah. I'm Allison's once... like, stop reading. It's you're sick and it's late at night. And I'm like, I just have to like text these words to someone. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, ha I have to admit there are and, there, and are, there are a few moments I was like done by that, that point. <laughs> yeah, flames indeed. They're not hot flashes. I'm just reading this book. We're not, not hot flashes. <laughs> I mean, mine could be either. Oh, we are. <laughs> I tend to embody moods when I'm writing. And I have to say that writing this book, all the different times that I dove back into it, you know, because I would be writing it and then, you know, I, I thought it was done. Then I would write something else and I'd come back into it. And it was a roller coaster of moods and attitudes. But my husband could always tell. When you were set up, what, what certain <laughs> scenes that I that I was writing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's been yeah. at it again. She's been at it again. Uh, let's go to the backyard, Dory. <laughs> oh my god! There I said it. Mm. <laughs> she didn't say no. Mm. That could mean anything. That mm. could mean anything. <laughs> anything. 
Okay, y'all. Jennifer's <laughs> making eyes. About, she's making about. eyes at the video. Just so you know, <laughs> she's got those bedroom eyes. She's doing it. Oh, those weren't even my bedroom <laughs> eyes. Those were like my kind of crazy eyes. Oh my. Uh, they're kind of the same. Hard to tell the difference, though. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of the same. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they're the same. They're the same. I know. Um, are you crazy? Or are you trying to be just being sexy? <laughs> are you trying to be sexy? <laughs> I had a dance coach once tell me to flirt with Roman, who is now my husband for people who are just tuning in for the first time. And we are professional dance partners. They were like, flirt with him, flirt with him with your eyes. And I don't know what I did, but they were like, not that. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's how I flirt. And Roman was like, that's you flirting <laughs> I'm like all right all right uh, yeah great yeah. I don't have that skill <laughs> no I guess not <laughs> <laughs> give me a strict character that nope. has that skill That's and okay. I can flirt but. <laughs> so Tori before we end um is there more in this universe the dance among the flames universe and if there is are you able to talk about it because there were characters that I was very intrigued by. Hmm. I I will say that Dance Among the Flames is released as a standalone. And Perfect. I'll leave it at that. There you go. <laughs> that was cagey. Wasn't that cagey? I know. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. That's a, that is a fair answer. It is a fair answer. Especially since it's all you're going to get. No. <laughs> right. No, I get that. I just don't know. Like, uh, and I'm not even talking about like. Well, are we going to get a? Are we going to get a movie? Ooh, I would oh. love it if we got a movie. My, I will say, my husband is shopping it. So you know, well, we'll see. You know, it'll it would be interesting if this started with a screenplay, ended up as a novel, and and then, and then ended up as a as a movie based on the novel and not oh, the circle. screenplay or. Yeah. If the screenplay got, uh, who knows? I don't know. It, anyway, I would be very interested in any of that. So, but you know, who knows? Who yeah, knows? It's, a, it's such a crapshoot. As we <laughs> talked about very briefly earlier, that business of writing, that's the hard part. And all of this wraps into the business of it where you're like, I don't know. I just want to create this world and hopefully people like it. And you've been getting incredible buzz about oh. this book. I read your review in Cemetery Dance, which oh my is gosh. as I saw your photo of you like crying over the interview or looking like you were crying. I would have I cried. was sobbing. I was sobbing as I read. I read it aloud to my husband and I am sobbing as I'm reading it. And he's just like, I have to take a picture of this. <laughs> you're like, uh, thanks. I have ugly Thank cry you? face. <laughs> no, she has pretty cry No, face. she does. <laughs> um, so no but uh, uh, that review from Cemetery Dance Magazine is huge that's you know that's like the creme de la creme of dark fiction yeah, dark fantasy horror um, and I guess that brings me to like one final question what genre do you think do you think Dance Among the Flames is well that's a uh, trick question I, I know not Hell, Hell if I, I, know. I don't think it can be contained into one. When I think of this book, I think of it as blending genre. Um, and, you know, so mm -hmm. if I if I had to put it under an umbrella, the closest thing I could say is dark fiction, because that is so vague. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because it mm -hmm. it has elements of historical fiction. 
Um, and especially yeah, in I the was going to say, I think you can call it historical, but when you get up to the point where we're kind of, but there's so much is in contemporary. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a literary quality of it. So one might mm -hmm. call it literary horror. Um, yeah, it's definitely a thriller in that the yeah. last quarter of it is as action packed, fast paced thriller as anything I've ever written. But it has that that slow burn to that where you're diving mm. into characters and place and all that delicious stuff that you tend to more get in, you know, in, uh, that's why I say literary horror. Yeah. You tend to more get it in that or women's fiction, right? Things like that. You know, definitely there's dark fantasy. I mean, there's gods, you know? There's so, gods there. And you're saying they're not real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you could say magical realism. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's really, it's a tough one. Even when this was a screenplay, I remember my husband used to get um, coverage back from the big studios, and they were always rave mm -hmm. coverages, but nobody ever had a comp. They never had a comp for it. Um, oh, they recommended it. They recommended yeah. it, but they had no comp. But they're like, and so, yeah, you know. I think, you know, when, when F. Paul Wilson, I was getting these blurbs in from people, and when he said it was stunningly original, I, I burst out in tears on that one, too, um, because, you know, um, that's, that's what I hoped. That's what I hoped for. I, I didn't set out to write in a genre. I set out to write a story, and it, it ended up blending. So that's just well, what that, it is. That's a great way to end this. Like I didn't set out to write a story, but you, you did, you know, you wrote this, this uh, epic novel. It took you a couple years, a, a minute, a minute, took you a minute, took you a minute. But you did it. You, you know, you released this incredible thing and it comes out next Tuesday. Yeah. <gasps> May 24th, May 24th. Serafina Olegario is set on the world. <laughs> well, thank you, Tori, for, uh, of course, for being here, for giving us copies of this book early so we could read it before everybody else did. And Yay. also just to see what all the buzz was about. Because <laughs> we're right? just like, everybody's saying all of the things about this book. Uh, so... Thank you, of course, for being here. Thank you, Allison, as always, for just being here. Thank you, Roman, our producer. We are on hiatus for the next two weeks, people. I'm going on vacation. No one cares, but I'm going on vacation. Uh, <laughs> <I am. laughs> but Allison when we are... I mean, I'll still be on the internet. <laughs> you might want to reread a couple of those scenes on your vacation. I'm just saying. Uh, we're going to someplace very cold, so I might need oh. to. <laughs> just to warm up the temperature. Just a little heat. Just in just case you need heat, a little heat. A little heat factor. <laughs> um, but when we come back, it is June 8th. I'm looking at Allison. June 8th, is that the day that we're back? That is I the day so. we are back. We have <laughs> Kelly Hitchcock with Community Klepto, and we can't wait to talk to her. Until then, I'll be on vacation, yo.